beginning of the job interview process, you're just a piece of paper. Another resume submitted for the gig. You get piled up with the other papers, and before you know it, you've been placed into one of two piles, the no's or the yeses. This show is all about getting you into the yes pile. Hello, hello. Welcome to The Yes Pile, the show that helps you transform your professional persona to land you where else? In the yes pile of candidates for your dream job. So today we are talking confidence. Confidence is one of the most important professional and personal qualities you need in order to get what you want and to land where you want in your career. So we're going to talk about why confidence matters and dig into the art of believing in yourself. I'll share five tools for helping you build up your confidence and empower you to ask for what you want at work and maybe in life. I'm your host, Tessa Wolf. I'm a recovering corporate manager turned career coach, and I'm here to help you navigate this brave new world and to provide you with simple and actionable advice for success at any stage of your career. My goal, help you land the job of your dreams. I've coached hundreds of professionals in my career, and I've interviewed thousands more. I'm taking all that experience, the good, the bad, the ugly, and turning it into the real world, friend-to-friend style advice show you didn't know you needed until now. So whether you're drafting a resume, on the job hunt, navigating hurdles in your current role, or considering a complete career switch, I'm here to help provide you with kick-ass, take-no-prisoners advice, first-person experiences, and the tips and tricks you need to position yourself for success. So let's dig in. Now. If you joined us for the last episode, we did some real work to map out both our contributions to the workplace and our personal requirements for actually finding happiness at work, the things we do best and where we lend value to any organization, and then those things we need to get back in order to feel fulfilled. And that work is really the foundation from which you're going to build your roadmap to success. And today is all about building the confidence and gaining the tools you need to now ask for it is you know you need to be happy and successful at work. So if you missed that episode, our very first one, I do encourage you to go spend 25 minutes with it and do the exercise because I think you'll find it really valuable. If you're like me and you really need emotional fulfillment from your career, then it's a great exercise to help you identify what happiness at work can look like. And it is real. It does exist. So give yourself the permission and the opportunity to do that exercise and help define what happiness at work looks like for you. Now, you don't need to have done that work to get something out of today, but if you're serious about wanting to understand what an ideal job scenario looks like for you, where you can both kick ass and enjoy the process, then go back to episode one and give it a go. But back to today. Today is about confidence, and confidence is really one of my favorite subjects to talk about, and one I spend a lot of time talking about with my clients. In full transparency, this is probably the most self-helpish I'm going to get with you here on the show, but I have to be honest, this is one of the most frequent topics that comes up when I'm working with people, particularly some of my amazing female clients. And on a personal level, This is a subject I am really passionate about. See, it's a funny thing. I'd be willing to bet that if I asked you to tell me all of the amazing things your best friend or your partner at work does that makes an impact, you could absolutely paint a picture of everything 
everything you think they are awesome at, right? Shouldn't be hard. But if I asked you to describe your own value and talk about yourself in that same way, you'd have trouble delivering it with the same gusto. You'd probably get nervous, a little stiff, say um a lot and not know where to start or stop. It's this weird paralysis that comes on when we have to talk about ourselves and what makes us great. It's the same thing when we are tasked with updating our resume or our LinkedIn. We really struggle to identify and clearly communicate why we are actually pretty awesome. So why is that? Why is it so hard to talk about ourselves and our achievements? And why can't we see ourselves and how awesome we are as clearly as we see it in others or as clearly as others see it in us? Now, there are a million different reasons why we may lack strong self-confidence, and it is different for all of us. We are all experiencing it at a different level. We all have a little yin and yang going on between our self-confidence and our fear. And yes, I do mean fear as the other half of that equation. Our biggest roadblock is and always will be fear. Fear of failure, fear of lack of control, fear of disappointment, whatever it is, all that doubt goes back to a place of fear. And at any given time, our levels of confidence and fear will ebb and flow. We may feel extremely confident during certain seasons of life and then lose that swagger when circumstances change or grow beyond our control. This is normal. We all experience it. No one is perfectly confident all the time. No one. But the good news is there are some practical exercises and simple tools for tackling that confidence gap and for helping us level out that ebb and flow in our minds. And I'm excited to walk you through some of the most effective tips I know for doing just that. So today, we're going to cover five things you can do to help build up your confidence and present your best self in the workplace to help you land that job, that promotion, or that opportunity you've got your eye on. So before we dig into those five tips, I think it's important. Let's take a big step back and acknowledge that this subject maybe isn't easy for everyone. You may be asking, why does having confidence matter? Can't I do well at my job or be great at work without having to really work on self-confidence? And look, This isn't a therapy session, but I already know you're serious about advancing in your career because that's why most of us are here. And beyond career growth, you should know how you feel about yourself matters. It really does. Self-confidence makes it easier to have success at work. Yes, but it also helps you solve problems in your everyday life, strengthen your relationships, take better care of yourself, set better boundaries, and better navigate your stress, better manage your stress, which is huge and directly impacts your health and your happiness. So on the flip side, I get that for some, confidence is no big deal. You've got it. You were born with it and it comes naturally to you. If you are one of those people, do what you can to teach others. Lift others up. Remind them that they've got it too. 
Use your natural poise and understanding to be an amazing leader, coach, or mentor. Because this world needs more people like you, and chances are you may already know that. But if you're not one of those who it comes completely natural to, that's okay too. There are things you can do, behaviors you can adopt, and practices you can embrace to help you manifest a more confident version of yourself. So for both of you, both of you, the confident one and the one just learning how to stand your ground, there's work you can do to keep growing. There are everyday practices we can do to boost our trust in our own gut, our own POV, and perspective. Let's also take a minute to pause and define what confidence is and is not. So we're all on the same page before we dig into these five tips. So it's really important to establish a definition of what you're trying to achieve. If being more confident is a goal, let's do the work to understand how we get there and what it looks like when we do. Do you ever sit in a meeting or at a seminar, remember those? (laughs) Or on Zoom, right? And go, how on earth does this person just rock it so hard? Like, how does she just know what she's talking about? How does she stay so calm and collected? I know I have many times. And I can tell you this, without knowing the person or the context you thought of, I'd be willing to wager 99% of their badassness comes from confidence. It's not that they have eons more experience than you, or that they're smarter than you are, or that they know some secret you and I don't. No, it really is their sense of self-confidence. Their confidence in what they know well, what they don't know well, because we are not all experts. And more importantly, their ability to manage and navigate situations and process their calmness in dealing with the inevitable fire drill or hiccup that comes their way. And you will see this in how they talk, how they carry themselves, how they put others around them at ease. Now, on the flip side, when I talk about confidence, I don't want you to get that confused with cockiness because these two things could not be further apart in all honesty. Cockiness or arrogance is actually rooted in self-doubt and defensiveness, not confidence. Think about it, right? Cockiness or arrogance is more often about being better or being more than. And someone who is arrogant leaves others feeling cut down, diminished, or less than. More often than not, that is the case. Someone who is arrogant isn't someone you want to spend more time with ask for advice from, or want to raise your hand in front of. And that's not what we want to achieve. That is not confidence. And that's not going to help you grow, level up, and succeed in your career. Confidence, particularly when we think about work, is about lifting others up by our example. It's about knowing yourself and believing in your value, skills, and opinions, but also understanding that every single person you encounter has their own set of skills. And the value that they bring to the table is just as unique and important as your own. And their value is not a challenge to you and yours. Someone else's value and impact should have no bearing on how you value your own self, your own work, your own journey. 
Confidence is just about leading with your own awesomeness. It's actually about being willing to listen, digest, collaborate, and compromise with others without letting go of your own voice, without losing yourself to envy and doubt, without feeling challenged by others' opinions or your own fear. This is not an easy skill to master, but this, this is so important. Understanding the benefit of confidence versus the burden of self-doubt or the greater burden of arrogance will literally change your life. We all have awesome value to lend. We all have things we do better than anyone else, things we are super proud of. And here's a little secret. Building your confidence is simply an exercise in identifying those things and then establishing language and behavior that helps demonstrate it. That's right. It's an exercise. It's about language and behavior to tell your story. And we're going to work on that together today. So it seems simple enough, right? And it can be. For a lot of us, we lose sight of those things we know we do best in the chaos of the everyday. I think this is pretty much par for the course, particularly over the past year we've all been living in, right? We are absolutely consumed by everything that's out of our control. We are overwhelmed by the noise, held hostage by the news, the Zoom calls, the deadlines, the feedback, or even by the next big goal on our checklist. It's a lot. These days, it's a lot easier to lean into the stress of what you still have to do or accomplish than it is to stay calm in what you are already doing. It's a lot easier to feel completely overwhelmed by what you're not doing than it is to see the value you are lending to the world around you just by being you. So, big breath in, big breath out. Now that we are all aligned about what confidence really is all about, let's talk about how we get after it. So, When I work with a client one-on-one, we always start with an exercise that grounds them in the realities of what they know they rock at. We start there and we build from it. And I want you to start in that space too. If you haven't before, think about the things you are truly great at. Is it connecting with people, building things, deciphering complex problems, collaborating? Maybe it's calmly navigating really sticky situations. You know, in our very first episode, we wrote down three things we do better than anyone else. And that's a great place to start. I know you have at least three things you can honestly say you are great at. So take a minute, think about what those three things actually are. These three things are important for you to identify for yourself versus just asking someone to tell you what you're great at. These should be things you know you are genuinely good at, things about yourself you actually believe in, because that's where you need to start. Harness the positive thinking and positive energy that you genuinely feel about yourself and those three things you've identified, and then funnel that positivity into everyday behavior that will help you become authentically more confident. And yes, I do mean behavior, active things you can do to gain the confidence you seek. So 
let's finally get to this. What is it you can do to gain the confidence you seek? Here are five things you can do to improve or build self-confidence at work or anywhere else. There are, of course, many, many ways you can work to harness confidence, but these five simple and straightforward ideas are a great place to start. So tip number one, way in number one, make a plan. I know, I know, a plan. Oh, I swear to God, this really is my number one tip for all of my clients who need to get their careers in order and get themselves feeling back in control of their lives. Hear me out. If you want to be successful in your career and life, you need to actively identify what it is you want and what your goals are. Do not be a floater. And by that, I mean, don't be the person who's just floating through life, expecting things to just happen to you or for you. No, instead, be an active participant in defining what your life should and could be. The reality is no one is going to build a path forward for you. You and you alone have to know what you want, what you need, and what you desire in life. If you go through life just expecting things to work in your favor or happen the way you hope they would, you will continually be disappointed. If you just keep doing the same thing, waiting for some magical door to open and the life of your dreams to float on into the room, you will be disappointed. And after repeat disappointments, you'll start to think that you are the problem and your self-confidence will plummet and you'll get stuck. And I have to say, in a way, if you're not actively working on your life, you are the problem. You have to get real about what it is you want what your ambitions and desires and outcomes are. Write it down, literally write it down, what it is you want, and then figure out what steps you need to get there, or at least what steps you need to take to get started. That's it, that's the plan. It's not complex or overly complicated. It's not a million steps. It's writing down what you want and the things you know you need to do, change, or own in order to get to that thing, that goal that you've identified. So let's contextualize that. We're all here for career growth, right? What are our goals and what do we need to do to get there? What small steps do we need to do to get started working towards our goal today? If it's a promotion at work you're after, I want you to ask your boss to meet with you next week. Literally stop her in the hallway, send her an email, and ask her to make time to talk to you next week. Ask her in that meeting what steps you need to tackle or what things you need to accomplish in order to be considered for the role of your dreams, that promotion you have your eye on. Write those down and then go do them one at a time. Literally ask her what steps you need to tackle to be considered for the role and then go do them. Check in with her along the way. Let her know you are actively working on it and see what happens. So if it's actually a new job at a new company that you really admire and you've got your eye on that, I want you to start by finding someone on LinkedIn who works there right now and ask if they'd be willing to make time for an informal informational interview with you so that you can learn about the company culture, how they got their job, and what it takes to make it there. 
Now, don't DM the CEO. (laughs) Find someone just above your level, someone who may be your manager if you got hired there, and make the inquiry. If they don't respond, that's okay. Follow up with a low-pressure email a week or two later and see what happens. Still no response? Message someone else. Now, if it's starting your own business, that's your goal, that's what you desire, something you've dreamt about forever, a flower shop, a coffee stand, an accounting firm, go to your local bookstore right now and buy yourself a book on how to make a business plan. Commit to reading a chapter at night. That's it, one chapter a night. That's a step you can take to get towards your plan, to get towards your goal. Now, before you leave the store, I want you to also stop and ask the owner of that bookstore if you can buy them coffee one day this week and pick their brain on what they think it takes to run a successful and small business. That's a second step forward towards your goal on your plan. Now, these are just a few examples of what making a plan is all about. It doesn't have to be complicated. But first, identify something you want to accomplish and then map out steps to help get you on your way. And please, please actually write this down. When you put it on paper, when you make a plan on paper, you'll see yourself checking off boxes as steps are completed and you'll see progress being made right in front of you. You'll feel proud that you are actually getting shit done. You will feel like you have a say in what's happening in your life and trust me, you will feel happier and in turn, you'll feel confident because you are completing actual steps towards your goals. You are in control and you know what you need to do to move forward and you are doing it. So my number one tip for building up your own self-confidence is make a plan. Now, tip number two, cut out negative language. Okay, do any of you have a friend that when they're around someone with an accent for a while, they start to casually pick it up themselves? I know I have done this without trying. I absolutely have had an accidental Southern accent after spending a week in Nashville. It's hilarious and strange, and I don't know what it is, but a lot of us do this subconsciously. But this is also an amazing example of how we subconsciously absorb language around us and embody it. So I want you to keep this example of subconsciously borrowing an accent in mind when you are thinking about the words that come out of your mouth. If you tend to be negative and fill up the room with negativity, you will absorb that negativity and embody it. It's true. Negativity is airborne. You put it out there and then you breathe it right back in. But guess what? So does everyone around you. It's contagious. And subconsciously, they will begin to expect this from you and even start bringing you that same negative energy. Negative talk manifests itself in many ways. It's how you talk about yourself, how you talk about others, how you talk to yourself, how you talk to others, and how you respond to situations. If you want to truly feel confident, You need to learn to filter the negative talk, starting with you. The old saying, think before you speak, that really applies here. I want you to be consciously thinking about the words you choose to share with others and with yourself. 
So to grow your self-confidence by cutting out the negative talk, you need to not just work to cut out the negativity, but also focus on positive, productive, honest, and actionable language, especially at work. When speaking at work, in a meeting, or with your team, start off first by speaking about what is working. Then instead of addressing what isn't working in detail, transition to solutions. Avoid dwelling on problems, and instead, manifest that energy into addressing the work you know you need to do to get solutions accomplished. Similarly, if you're a manager of any kind, always start with feedback conversations by giving praise or highlighting something awesome that has been done before you address the opportunities for improvement. Starting with positivity helps the other person feel seen and acknowledged and then open to hearing about ways to do even better. And when you're focusing on areas that need attention with your team, frame them as easy, actionable steps. So in order to do X as best as possible, here's how I need you, us, the team to tackle this. Positive, proactive, and powerful language will get you and the team ahead much faster than falling into negativity and despair. So don't waste the time you have dwelling on stuff when you could be investing that same time into fixing it. Now, I know this takes effort. It is not easy, especially if you are someone who has a tendency to start from a negative space, but the effort is worth it. If you really focus hard on speaking proactively and positively for even just one week at work, I guarantee you will see the difference in how your peers, boss, and the team you manage respond to you. You'll start to feel like a better colleague, a better employee, a better manager. You'll see the positive impact you make at work every day in a way that you didn't before. Two weeks in, and they'll be mirroring that same positivity back to you. They'll be proactively positive and solution-oriented because the language you're using is contagious and they will associate that positivity with you and want to mirror it back to you. What an impact. What an awesome thing to have under your belt. This alone, this single tip will transform your confidence. But two other areas of negative language we need to touch on are these. First, negative self-talk. I know I mentioned this at the top of this tip, but when you start to hear that negative self-talk creep up in your mind, stop it. Consciously tell yourself, no, stop the doubt. Try to reframe that negative self-talk in your mind and try to understand and dissect it. Is it actually fear? Is it a sense of overwhelm? How can you get in front of it? Really give yourself permission to actively identify that voice in your mind and then dissect it and think about it and think about where it's coming from and how you can stop it. And related to this one quite intimately is this idea of self-deprecation. I really want you to stop with the self-deprecation. Enough already. It's not cute. It's not going to get you anywhere. It only puts doubt out into the world. And we now know that doubt is contagious and we don't want that following us around. You might make a joke in a meeting about not being great at something, someone is going to keep that imprinted on their memory of you and it won't be a joke for long. So let's just avoid the self-deprecation. And lastly, 
we're talking about cutting out negative talk here. A big one that is really helpful for your own self-confidence is don't talk negatively about others. I know this can be a hard one for many, particularly if you have a stressful job or you're not best friends with everyone you work with. And I think that's okay. So while this is hard, it's really important. First, talking negatively about others is just not worth the time. And your time is precious. Second, no matter what words you say, they will not actually change what's irking you about that other person. Your words can't change that person. They don't have that power. But you know what your words can change? You. So reinvest this time into you and getting your plan together and choosing proactive, positive language and troubleshooting and problem solving every day over negative talk about yourself and others. So that's tip two. And I think it's a big one, but for the sake of today, we're gonna sum it up by saying tip two is ditch the negative self-talk and you'll find yourself feeling a lot more positive. So step three, okay guys, we're at that halfway point, hang with me. Step three, be a student. So no matter how much experience you have, how many times you've done the task at work, no matter how old you are, you are capable of learning and growing. And you're not only capable, but if you really are committed to finding success, you're responsible for it. And that's why I really love the idea of the perpetual student, someone who is always open to and actively seeking out new knowledge, ideas, and possible ways forward. Someone who asks questions, reads, listens. Someone who digests and responds instead of just reacting. Being confident is not about thinking you have all the answers. It's actually about accepting the fact that you don't and being open to learning from others. I mentioned this earlier in the episode, but a big part of confidence is knowing yourself and believing in your values, skills, and opinions, but also understanding that every single person you encounter has their own set of skills and their own value that they bring to the table and that their value is not a challenge to you and yours. In fact, it will only enrich your experience and knowledge. So buckle up and open up the idea of learning from anyone and everyone around you. And I really mean that anyone and everyone. And I think you're going to find that the more you listen, the more you study and digest people, things, movements, and practices around you, the more confident you will become because you will have centered yourself in the middle of all of those lessons. You'll be more grounded and confident in what it is you actually know because you've learned a lot from people and the world around you. You're bringing more knowledge and perspective to the table every time you choose to listen, absorb, contemplate, and learn from others. So tip number three for building your confidence is commit to being a perpetual student. Tip number four, all right, find an icon. So yes, find an icon. I know this one may sound kind of silly at first or even controversial, but hear me out. So I'm gonna start with a story. Years ago, I was working in New York City in a job where appearance and the appearance of confidence was very important. 
A supervisor at our company had told a colleague of mine who needed just a little help in the outfit and confidence department for presentation days that she needed to find a style icon. Someone out there who conveyed the type of style and presence she wanted for herself. They told her, identify who this person is and then emulate them. Treat yourself to a couple of outfits that this icon would wear, learn their physical poses, watch their body language. Now, I know what you're thinking, because I remember hearing this and thinking at the time that this was a little short-sighted and even a little sexist and kind of nuts if I'm being honest. Like I really sat with this for a long time, but let me tell you something. It actually worked. Well, part of it worked. The truth is this person didn't need a makeover and that was never what this advice was about. This person needed to find an outlet that let them lean into their power. Power they already had, but didn't know how to tap into, or maybe didn't even know existed. So by asking this person to identify someone she admired, and then to study and try to adopt their mannerisms, it worked because she felt more powerful when she did those things. She walked with more confidence, spoke with more bravado, and exuded a calm, self-assured energy that I had not seen in her before. It was like she just needed to see someone else who she admired do it, and then she adopted the behavior. And that last line right there, that is actually what I really believe in here when we talk about finding an icon. Find an icon who manifests confidence and adopt their behavior. So in the decade or so ago, since I had heard this advice, I've actually seen this idea work again and again. There are bound to be people in your orbit that own that type of confidence you yourself would love to possess. And I want you to watch them. I want you to study how they hold themselves, how they speak in meetings, how they answer tough questions. Be a student. Ha, see what I did there? Tip number three. But truthfully, there is something powerful in seeing the type of confidence you want and then emulating it. And guys, this is not single weight female. I'm not asking you to copy somebody. I don't want you to pretend to be somebody else. I want you to be you. But I do want you to learn the behaviors that convey confidence. And I want you to try them on for size. I want you to keenly observe with intention what confident people do to showcase confidence without cockiness. I then want you to try to adopt some similar strategies and try them out. I'll give you a personal and simple example of what I'm talking about. So for me, I had this amazing manager in my career who no matter what was always so poised in front of clients. And this was a job where we were really focused on client service. So we were helping brands build really smart business plans to grow their audience and their bottom line. And it could be very stressful and it was always really busy. So everyone was juggling a million things at once and sometimes barely holding on. Does this sound familiar to some of you guys? Now, in my example, this manager, I mean, she could be having the absolute worst day or completely frustrated with something going on, but the clients would never know. They always experienced her as calm, thoughtful, and helpful. She was 
always considered a thought leader and someone who was genuinely on their team. And she was all of those things, truly. It wasn't that she didn't get flustered or fail. She was not a perfect person, none of us are. But she had learned the skills necessary to communicate effectively in business and not let that stuff get in the way of her doing her job. So I had the opportunity to work very closely with her and observe how she navigated and handled these sticky client situations on really stressful days or during times where the average person could not handle things maybe as well as you'd hope they could. And one of my favorite things that she did that put clients at ease and really built strong collaborative foundations was to completely hear out their feedback. Like really slow down, listen to everything they said, allow them to finish their thoughts and their point of view without interrupting, and then respond with, I agree, that's really smart. And and then she would build on whatever they had said with something really truthful, but stronger and bigger than what anyone else had said in that meeting. See, she actually knew that what that client said maybe wasn't actually the right thing. Maybe it wasn't actually the best solution, but she never wanted them to feel unheard or unvalued. So she always affirmed them first to let them know they were heard. And then she would build up on what they said. She could have actually just said, well, guys, I actually think we should do this instead. But she never, ever did. She knew tip number two, no negative talk. She was confident that her direction was likely best, but she also understood that not everyone was automatically on the same page. And it was her opportunity to help them move forward. And I watched that approach not only put clients at ease, build strong relationships and strong business, but earn her so much respect and authority as an expert just by using that one simple approach. And these are the types of things I want you to find, study, and emulate in your own life. So what behaviors do the most confident people around you, what do they do that helps them achieve big things? Find a confidence idol or idols. It can be multiple people. Study them, try on those behaviors, and see how it plays out for you. Tip number five is mentor somebody else. So there is much to be said for finding your own mentor. And if you haven't yet, find one. And to be clear, a mentor and a confidence idol don't have to be the same person. Most of the time they aren't, right? A mentor is someone who will invest time in you and with you. Finding a mentor falls outside of this list because we should all be doing that. We should all be seeking mentors and coaches. But for today, in the spirit of helping you gain confidence, I actually want you to think about mentoring somebody else. Yep. I want you to find someone or someplace where you can share your valuable insights, experiences, and POV to help others grow. So maybe that means raising your hand to oversee the new office intern. Or maybe that means finding a community organization that wants to connect professionals with high school kids. I've done that. It's been one of the greatest things in my career. Whatever it is, wherever it is, decide today to offer up your expertise to others. By doing so, you will be reminded in spades just how much you actually have to share with others. And they'll remind you how appreciative the world is when you share knowledge and time. 
So I know it's hard to find any extra time these days, but what the world needs now more than ever is people who are willing to invest in other people. And I believe you are the right person for the job. So find a place, a way to mentor others in the next 14 days. And within one month, I guarantee your confidence in your skill set, knowledge, and experience will skyrocket. Absolutely. So tip number five, be a mentor to someone else. Okay, quick bonus. I know I said five, but I have this bonus. Find your community. I am such a big believer in community. Be intentional about who you surround yourself with. Pick your people. Surround yourself with people who will support you in your effort to be proactive in building your confidence and achieving your career goals because they go hand in hand. People who will cheer you on, offer you advice and support along the way, these are your people and they will remind you of who you are and why you are so great in the moments where your self-confidence takes a back seat and needs to move right on up to shotgun once again. Find your community. All right, guys, something I do every episode is take a real life question from you and answer it. Today's question is a really interesting one and a real one that came from a client. The question is, how do I quit a job I just accepted? Oh boy, (laughs) this is a really, really tough question. And I worked through it with a client recently and he did it and he did it well. So my answer to him was, How do you quit a job you just accepted? You do it succinctly and with grace. And let's face it, there are really only two reasons to do this, right? One, it was not the job you thought it was. Or two, you got offered a bigger and better role elsewhere. So if it's the first one, it's not the job you thought it was when you accepted. Please plan on giving two to four weeks notice. Yeah. Up to four weeks, I did say that. (laughs) They just hired you and now they're gonna have to start the hiring and training process all over again, so give them time. Plus, you also need to find time to get another job yourself, right? That would be my guess if we're going with option number one and this is just not the job you thought it was. Give two to four weeks notice. And I do recommend setting a meeting with your manager. Don't just send an email. Set up a a meeting with your manager and come prepared with a resignation letter. Now, if you're still doing virtual working, working from home, set up the meeting and immediately email a copy of a formal resignation letter as soon as you get off that Zoom or that WebEx or whatever it is. But I recommend that in order to approach this meeting the most professional way possible, you actually write down and practice a very short speech of sorts for the meeting kickoff. So when you walk in, you know what you need to say. Don't read the paper, just learn what you wanna say in advance and tell the manager that while you were eager to begin your role at the beginning, you know, you've recognized it in a short time that you are not the best fit for this opportunity or the culture of the company as the case may be, right? Might be a combination of both for you. But let them know that after some careful consideration, you've decided to resign. And then let them know immediately your action plan for handling your responsibilities and deliverables, as well as a potential transition before you go. And please be sure to thank them for the opportunity they gave you. Now, 
If you're in the latter group and you're quitting this job you just accepted because you actually got your dream job offer after you accepted another role, I think you should be honest. Same process here. Practice what it is you wanna say, prepare a resignation letter, prepare your notes for the meeting, set the meeting with your manager. But in this case, tell your manager that an incredible opportunity you didn't know was on the horizon has presented itself and after careful consideration, you've decided to accept that role. Again, share your action plan for coverage until you leave, thank them for the time and opportunity, and assure them that this was not an easy decision, and ask for permission to stay in touch about the growth of the company in the future. Either way, this is a doozy of a question. This is not an easy thing to do, but being prepared, Thoughtful and action-oriented versus emotional will help conversations go smoothly and help you leave in a great light with the company. All right, guys, so that is our show for today. To recap, our five tips for practical ways of boosting your own self-confidence are one, make a plan, two, cut the negative language, three, be a student, four, find an icon, and five, mentor somebody else. And don't forget that bonus section, cultivate a community for yourself. I really do hope you learned something today and that you take these five tips and apply them to your life right now to start seeing some immediate changes in your own self-confidence. I'd love to hear from you about how it's going, so feel free to drop me a line at connect at tessawolf.com or message me on Instagram at the Yes Pile Podcast. So in our next episode, I am sharing five things you can do today to level up your resume. It's loaded with my most practical and actionable advice. Definitely an episode you don't want to miss. Before we go, if today was at all helpful for you and you learned something from the work we did together, please do me a favor and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling extra inspired and generous, please give us a rating and review. For more career advice, inspiration, and fun, follow us on Instagram at the Yes Pile Podcast. Until next time, cheers, everyone.